Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. Hey, hey, City Collective, how are you all doing today? My name is Terrence. I'm coming from you live all the way from Sacramento, California, Bayside Church. Man, it is so good to be with y'all today. Uh, you know, just give you a little, little tidbit on Sacramento. Hey, this week we're about to reach 107 degrees. Like that's hot. Like when it gets that hot, you're like, I don't know. I don't understand how people don't know Jesus because it's like, let, let's give you just a little taste of what hell's going to feel like, you know? So it's, it's going to be hot here, but hey, we Sacramento is a great place. Come and visit sometimes. Hey, I got to tell you, I love your pastor. Uh, Jason is one of my favorite people. Um, he is just a guy that I'm like, hey, I will follow that guy anywhere. Like I literally tell people like, hey, like if I'm with him, hey, I'm just here to carry his bags. That's it. Like he does him, I carry the bags. Uh, so you guys are so phenomenally blessed to have him as your pastor, to have him as your leader. And I, and, I, and you know, I think you're even more blessed to have his amazing wife, Adriana. Uh, I just, I have not had a chance to meet you yet, um, but I can't wait for the day. Everything that I've heard about you is just phenomenal, and I'm just so thankful that that God brought the two of you together and just the amazing things that you are doing with City Collective uh, is just phenomenal. So just so excited for y'all, just excited to hear what God's doing in and through you. But hey, Jason told me, I just, he's like, T, keep it short. Uh, so we got, we're done with the introductions. Like we got to dive into this because, you know, sometimes it can be a little long winded. So make sure you have your snack, refill your water, wherever you're at, just make sure you got everything. Cause we're going to be in this for a bit. Uh, it's not going to be too long, but Hey, you know, you all have been in a series going through the book of acts this summer. Um, you know that the book of acts is just, it's a phenomenal, it's a fun, it's a, it's just such a great book. I mean, because really there's just so much. I mean, if we look at where we are as the church today, I mean, there's, that's really, that's where it began for us. And I think when you read the book of Acts, you're going to see that, man, I think the church has kind of gone a little bit away from how it all began. And, you know, as we just journey through this and as you've been journeying through this, you know, my heart really is just that my, my prayer is that your heart's been changed, that God has just revealed some stuff to you, that, that your heart's been changed, your mind's been opened, you know, because really the book of Acts is really about the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and really just a, a group of people being led and guided by the Holy Spirit and watching what happens when the Holy Spirit is the one that is guiding. And so today we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. And I, I'm excited about this, this portion because it's just, it is a, it is a, it's a great story. It just illustrates so many things. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever been in a crisis. Like, I mean, have any of y'all been in a crisis? Like, have you ever been like something happened? You're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? I mean, the thing about crisis, like crisis can be, oh no, like I have to catch a flight and I didn't set my alarm. You know, kind of like that home alone moment, you know, like oh, everyone's frantic or a crisis really could be, it could be health. It could be relationship. It could be something internal. Uh, we all experience crisis. We all experience troubled times. And if you're sitting there and you're trying to think through like, man, have I ever had a crisis in my life? Like if you've got to think hard about, it, I mean, I think that's I think that's great. It's phenomenal that you got to think that hard, but I, I hate to be the, just, I'm going to be the voice of reality right now that if, if a crisis has not hit your life yet, 
I mean that there might be a time that it's going to happen. And so today I want us to just journey through a story here, a section of of Acts chapter 16, and really look at what do we do? What is our response when crisis hits? Like, how do we, like, do we panic? Do we crawl in like the fetal position and like, oh, all I'm going to do is I'm going to lay here and eat bonbons and, and watch Lifetime movies? Or, or am I going to say, you know what? I am going to come out of this. I'm going to be better from this. And so I want us to look at three things that really I believe that, that if we look at crisis in, in this way, I believe that we will all come out of them so much better. And I believe that even in the midst of the crisis, we're going to be able to say, hey, I'm a whole lot better off than the people that aren't thinking this way. So here we are, Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 16. It says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. That They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. I don't know, like, I don't know come if you think about that. Like, just that phrase right there, um, that these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar. I don't know, I've heard that a lot in our news, that there are individuals that are being accused of throwing our cities up in an uproar, and really their heart is really just for people to be set free, for people to be liberated. And that was a total side note, just a little tidbit, little pebble to drop in your pond. Um, uh, by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these, these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake, and the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called out, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Here, let's pray real quick. Father, I'm just so thankful just for this time that I get to spend with the City Collective family. I'm just so thankful for what you're doing in and through all of them. And Father, just as we spend this time together just in your word, which is living, it is active. Um, it is it is for us right now in the times that we're sitting in. Uh, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just open up our hearts. You would open up our minds. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. Father, as I present your word, I pray, Lord, that you will go before me, but I will stay behind you. I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak will be orchestrated and ordained by you. And I pray, Lord, just by this little bit of time together, that, man, we will be changed, not because of me, but because of who you are in our lives. We're so thankful for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, all right, so here you have 
Paul and Silas, really just minding their own business. Like, I mean, they're just doing their thing. I don't know about you, but a lot of times crisis hits when we're just minding our business. You're just doing your thing, and then all of a sudden, like, wham, here it is. And you've got this story, I mean, this fortune teller who is really just going after them every day. Just like, just kind of, just, and it says, like, Paul got annoyed. And so Paul said, Paul said, enough is enough. He says, so, hey, I'm going to, there's something about you. I see something in you, and it's not good. And so I, I'm going to pray that out of you. Paul prays, and, and, and she's delivered. The, the, the spirit that was in her that was really giving her the insight to, to fortune tell left. So now all of a sudden, now you have this woman who's been freed. She's been liberated. She's really, her, her captivity's really been set free internally. And, and the people that owned her are upset. They are livid because now their money stream has been cut off. And so they get mad. They cause an uproar. Paul and Silas get drugged into the city. They get beaten very badly. They get thrown in prison. I mean, if you look at it, here you have a situation where it's the ultimate crisis. They were minding their own business, doing their thing, really just, they're going down to pray. I mean, they were being spiritual. And then here, just things just get flipped upside down. And we see through this just a, just a few things that, man, if we respond in the way that Paul and Silas responded in this, I really believe that, that we will be so much, we will be just be better off. And so we're just going to look at three things, three things that when crisis hits, I need to choose these things. So when a crisis hits, I need to, I need to center myself. I need, to, I need to focus on God, and I need to choose these three things. The first thing is we need to choose compassion over convenience. Compassion over convenience. You know, Paul, you know, Paul and Silas, they were doing their thing. And the thing about compassion versus convenience is convenience is selfish, compassion is selfless. And so Paul really, they, they could have just kept moving and just said, I'm going to let this woman annoy us. I'm going to put her on. I'm just going to put her on ignore. But Paul, he stopped. He paused. And the thing about compassion is us saying, you know what? We're going we're gonna to pause. We're going to stop. We run so fast in our lives that, that, that even in the, in the midst of chaos, we are running so fast that we get to this self-protection mode where we just say, I just want to focus on me. I want to protect me. But the thing is, when, when we are in hard situations, when we start thinking outside of ourselves, really it just opens up our reality. It opens up our world. It opens up our minds. And the thing about compassion is compassion, you've got to think about somebody else. But the thing about compassion is, you, for, to, I believe to be compassionate, you've got to have the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you've got, you have to have things revealed to you of this is how I should be compassionate. This is how I should pause and, and take time for an individual. You know, the thing is, people ask, like, compassion, like, how do I go? Like, who, do I, who should I be compassionate? Like, I, I believe there are people all around you that need compassion. That there are people that, because when you look at this story right here, that because of the, I really believe it was compassion that, that Paul, I mean, Paul didn't look at her and tell her to, hey, shut up and go away. He didn't tell her, hey, look, little girl, sit down. Like he, just, he said, look, there's something in you. I'm going to pray that out of you. And actually, because of the act that I am doing, I'm actually going to make you better. Like I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm gonna actually make, make your day better. And the thing is, that's what compassion does. Like compassion, when we show compassion on other people, really, it's liberating. 
It's freeing. It really shows people that they are valued, that they are loved. And, and I really believe that we are living in a world right now is that if we would walk with compassion instead of convenience, man, things would change. Things, things would change so much for the better. And the thing is, with compassion, you've got to be led by the Spirit. And not just be led by the Spirit, you've got to listen to the Spirit. You know, for me, I'm a, talk about convenience. I, I am a convenience person. Like, I'm like, let's move fast. And, and part of it is because I'm always running late. Like, I put, I cram too much into my schedule. I'm always, and so what happens, what happens when you cram too much in your schedule? You create crisis for you. You, keep, you create trouble times for you because you're running late, and then you're running late, and then what happens? You drive too fast, and then you get pulled over, or whatever happens. Like, it, running late for me causes so many problems. So there's one day I was, of course, running late, going to Target, and y'all know Target, like Target's great, and I'm in there, grab my two little things that I needed, I'm in line, and let me tell you, like, the, 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 the uh, Target worker, she at the register was uh, moving so slow, like, to a point, like, you just, like, want, like, hey, you know, can I do this myself, the line for the self-checkout was super long, and you know how that goes, like, people don't know how to work it, and so then that takes forever, and so it's like, I'm doing everything in my body language to show everyone behind me that, hey, look, the, the holdup is not me, and so she finally gets, finally my turn. She, you know, scans my two items and I go to uh, do my little ATM thing. And right as I'm getting ready to put my card in, I hear God say, she needs to know that I love her. And I'm like, Lord, I know you ain't talking to me. Like there is no, I do not have time for this. I am late for a meeting. Like if I tell her that, you know, that you love her, she's going to hear me wrong. She's probably going to hear that I love her. And then we got to talk about that or, or better yet, maybe she has, you know, she's got other beliefs. And then I got to really explain who God is and all this type of stuff. Maybe she, maybe she says she's an atheist. And I got to really explain that there is a God and all that type of stuff. I was like, nobody, ain't, I ain't got time for any of that. So I go out and put in my pen. I really, literally God was like, tell her that I love her. I'm like, no, I'm literally having an argument with God. Like, I'm like, I literally, like, when you say that, when you say, like, I'm having an argument with God, like, I'm literally having an argument with the creator of the universe. Like, really, how big do I think I am? And, and so I finally, I was like, you know, like, it just kept, like, it was just on me, on me, on me. And so I finally, she goes and hands me my bag. And I just look at her and I say, hey. And I just mumble, hey, just God loves you. And she's like, what did you say? And I'm like, oh dear, now I got to repeat it. Now she probably misheard me. So she probably actually heard that I said, I love you. And so now she like, security's going to get called. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be bad. So I paused. I said, hey, I just want you to know that God loves you. And as she was at the little computer thing that they have at each register, she wasn't looking at me. I could see the side. All I saw was just, is just a tear just rolled down her cheek. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you have got to be kidding me. Now she's crying. Like, we are really going to be here all day. And she turns and she looks at me and she says, you don't know what you just did for me. And I'm thinking, I, nope, I don't know you, so I really don't know. I don't know. And she says, you know, life has been horrific. My husband and I are getting divorced. I've got the kids. Even this morning, we were running late. And so I was trying to get the kids to school. I was late to work. And she says, before I got out of my car, I just sat there for a moment and I just said, God, I need to know that you are real and that you love me. And so, of course, she is just crying, crying, crying now. I'm crying right now in Target. And I'm just like, well, ah, uh, well have a good day. Like, I'm glad that I was able to do that for you. And as I walked out, I was like, man. 
you know, of course, when you do something like that, you feel a little good about yourself. You know, you got a little pat on your back, like, ah, oh, look at me. But then at the moment, I was like, no, like that, that was not me. That was, a matter of fact, like I was actually on the roll to being disobedient to what God wanted me to do. But the thing is, when we pause and we allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, when we really ask God to show us people for, for him to, for us to see them the way he sees them, that is where compassion comes about. And when compassion is given, I believe it's life-changing. Just like, just like this woman who was, who was freed from a demon, a, a spirit in her, I believe that when we show compassion, we are freeing people. We are liberating people. We are, we are giving people a, an opportunity to know that I am valued, I, am, I, I have worth, that, that I am seen, that I am worth something. And so we got to get to a place that we say, you know what, I'm going to show that. I love, you know, Psalms 82.3. It says this, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. How does that happen? With compassion. Colossians 3.12, it says this, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Man, to show compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, what do you have to do? You have to slow down. And I don't know about you, but those characteristics are not natural for Terrence. But hey, when I'm walking with God and I'm asking God to use me, then those are the characteristics of God working through me. So, okay, so we got, we got we to gotta choose compassion over convenience. The next thing we got to choose is faith over fear. So, so when, when crises hit in our lives, uh, we really, there's a natural instinct to go to automatic fear. And what fear really is, is I, I can't control the situation. This situation is out of my control and I don't know what to do. But the thing about fear is fear is paralyzing. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks. And why you are stopped dead in your tracks, something else that fear will do is fear will cause you to think about the most irrational things. Things that really you're like out of fear. You're thinking like, what? why did I even think of that? Let me tell you, one of my irrational fears, like I watch too many like crime shows, like all that type of stuff, like CSI, Law and Order, all those things. And when you watch those shows, it really like, like you start seeing things you're like, man, I wonder if that could happen. I wonder if that really could happen. I got to tell you, one of my irrational fears, like this is between you and me, Canada, like come on, City Collective, like just us, is being kidnapped when I have a cold. You're probably like, what the world? What happens when you have a cold? Your nose, you're stuffed up. You can't breathe through your nose. What happens when you get kidnapped? They put duct tape over your mouth. So if you got duct tape over your mouth, your nose is stuffed up, you can't breathe out your nose, what's gonna happen? You're gonna suffocate and you're gonna die. So hey, look, when I got a cold, that irrational fear goes through my mind and I really have to double think like, should I walk my dog or not? I mean, look, yes, I'm 6'1", way, way too much. But, like, it's a, it's a fear. And I know some of y'all got some ir- If I was to ask you, go to each and every one of y'all's houses and say, hey, give me your irrational fear, I think each and every one of you would have one. So don't be looking at me crazy about that one because I know you have one too. But the thing is, when, when we say, hey, I'm going to be led by fear, I'm going to let fear direct me. One, we're, we're really just claiming that we don't serve a big God that we don't serve a faithful God, that, that we don't serve a God who, who meets our needs and, and really has given us the things that we need. But the thing about faith, faith really is saying, I am putting my trust in God. 
I, I'm, go I'm going to be led. Even though I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to trust in the one who can lead me to where I need to go. You know, John 14, 27 says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The thing is, when, when, when crisis is hits in our lives, we, all re we always think of the worst case scenarios. I, I can't imagine what Paul and, and Silas were thinking as they're in the middle of a courtyard. They've been stripped down and all of a sudden they see the, 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 the weapons that they use to, to flog and to beat. I, I cannot imagine the, the fear that was going through their minds and then going from being having the, the, the crap beat out of you and then you get thrown in prison like you're thinking like how did I get here how did I get into this spot right now and there might be some of you right now just because of situations in your life you're looking around and you're asking yourself how did I get into the situation I'm in how did this like and some situations are not they weren't they weren't orchestrated by you it's just the way life has happened some of the situations we're in were orchestrated by us but the thing is, if we continue to walk those situations out with fear, we're going to get absolutely nowhere. But when we begin to start walking those situations out in faith, all of a sudden we start changing our perspective to know that I serve a God ha, who can see me out. I serve a God who, even though I'm staring at a mountain, I don't know how I'm going to get around it or over it. I serve a God who has the power to move the mountain out of the way. When we walk with faith and not fear, what happens is that when we lay our head down at night, when we're walking with faith, we know that God's word tells us that when we endure for a night, that, that joy comes in the morning. So when we walk with faith, all of a sudden we are, we are gathering all the characteristics of God and we're saying, I am carrying all these with me through my situation. And when we do that, man, the atmosphere begins to change. Our attitude begins to change. And there are some times that even the situation itself begins to change. The last one here. So if we, choose, we need to choose compassion over convenience, we need to choose faith over fear. And I believe this one right here is really, I, I, I saved it for last. You know, people are like, oh, I'll save the best for last. Have you ever do that? You know, people ever do that? Like you go to someone's house for dinner or like something and they're like, hey, like it's dessert. And they're like, we serve the best for, we saved the best for last. And it's some like dry cake. And you're like, actually, no, this wasn't the best. But I, I guarantee this is going to be the best one right here. We need to choose worship over worry. So if we, we've got the compassion thing going on, we've got the faith thing going on. But then in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of our troubled times, in the midst of our insecurities, in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our anxiety, what we need to do is we've got to choose to worship. We've got to, we've got to get to a place where we choose to worship God for who he is and not what he's done. Because the thing is, I mean, God is who he is. God's word tells that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same God that we were cheering on and we were praising and we were worshiping when we got that raise or we closed on the house or we bought that car or, or we, met the, we met the girl or the guy of our dreams, 
is the same God that is with you in the midst of your crisis. And you see in this story where, where Paul and Silas, they are, they are locked up. I mean, they're, they're freshly beaten. They are locked up. And it says that they were praising, they were praying, and they were worshiping God. In the midst of, of, a, of a dark time, they were praising and they were worshiping God. The thing is, when we begin to praise and worship God in the midst of our storms, in the midst of our circumstances, what we begin to do is even elevate God uh, uh, just more in our lives. And, and what happens is when we start praising him and we start worshiping him, even in the pain, even as the tears are rolling down our eyes, one, we tell the enemy, that you don't own me, that, that you don't have any room in this situation because I know that I serve a good God. I serve a faithful God. I serve a God who is a miracle working God that even though it seems dark right now, I go all the way back to Genesis chapter one where God said, let there be light. So that means for me that God performs miracles in the darkness, that God is performing miracles all around you. And so you have to get to a place that in the midst, of the hard times, you have to get to a place where you say, God, I will choose to worship you. I will choose to praise you. I, I, will, I will have a hallelujah in my spirit. I, I, will, I, will, I will think about just your characteristics that you are, you are the prince of peace that you're the beginning and the end, that you are the alpha and omega, that you are the bright and morning star, that you're the lily of the valley, that you are the creator of the universe, that, that I will continue to remind myself that you knit me together in my mother's womb so you know my comings and my goings. I will continue to remind myself that there is no weapon that will ever that will form against me that can ever prosper. Because let me tell you, when you do that and you praise him in the midst of your storm, it is going to change you and it's going to change the other people around you just like this story shows us that that Paul and Silas were praising all of a sudden there's an earthquake the the guy the the guard was going to kill himself because if someone escaped on your watch guess what you're dead but Paul and Silas said hey no we're still right here and, and really, I believe that the spirit was God's spirit was so in that place that that the guard he was just like how how do I get what you have Man, people can know God. People can come to know God, can experience God, even in your storm, even in your crisis. Because then what happens is, all of a sudden, your, your story, the hero in your story, it's not you. Your, the hero in your story, it's not your spouse. The hero in the story is not your bank account. The hero in the story is the one who should always be the hero, and that is Jesus himself. And so we've got to get to a place that because when we get to the other side, we get to the other side of the crisis, we get to the other side of the storm, then with everything in us, we can say that I am standing right where I am standing, not because of anything that I, I've done. I am standing right here because of the God that I serve, that I serve a God who loves me more than I could ever imagine, that I serve a God who, who desires to protect me. I serve a God who has the best out. He, I, I serve a God who tells me that every good and perfect thing in my life comes from him. And the people around you and say, hey, you know what? I need a little bit about, I need, I, I need what you have. Because you were going through something rough. 
and you were not, you weren't moping around, you weren't, you weren't sitting at your desk and being all aloof. Wait, you still had a smile on your face. You still had your, your head held up high. You still had your shoulders back. And it's all because your worry, worry, all the thing that worry gets us is sickness. All the, all the thing that worry gets us is more pain. All the, all the thing that worry gets us is just really uncertainty. But man, when we worship, it changes everything. It shifts everything. And so City Collective, wherever you're, whatever you're going through today, whatever's happening in your life, man, my, my, my challenge, my, my heart, my, my encouragement for you is that number one, that you would say, I'm going to choose, even the hard times in life, I'm gonna choose compassion over convenience. And then, then I'm going to choose faith over fear. I'm going to decide with everything in me that I'm going to put my faith in Christ. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And then third, even when it's hard, even when it's tough, even when the thing about the God that we serve, that even when you can't mutter out the words, he knows what you're saying. And so you've got to get to a place and say, I'm going to choose worship over worry. That you guys say, I am going to choose to worship you. And the thing is, where as we wrap up here, like no matter where you're at right now, I believe that, that some of us need to be in a place where we say, you know what, I'm just going to worship you right now. I'm just going to praise you right now. I'm going to, some of you right now, I, 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 let, let's practice this right now. You are going through a storm right now. And so just right there in your living room, I want you just to start reminding yourself who God is in your life. We have to praise him for who he is. And the thing is, a lot of times we want to praise him for what he's done. But you know what? He's so done so much that really we just need to focus on who he is. And man, when we focus on who God is, man, that is the God who has you. That is the God that's leading you. That is the God that's protecting you. That is the God that is saying, I have carried you this far and I'm going to keep going. So I need you to hold on. I need you to keep going. I need you to press through. I need you to have compassion. I need you to have faith. And I need you to worship. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you just for this time. I'm so thankful just for, for my, I, that we're family. My, my, my city collective family, Father, just in this moment, man, I just, my heart is just for anyone just as, that is going through a hard season, anyone who's wrestling through what's going on in their lives, even, even that their crisis could even just be watching the news and seeing what's going on in the world. But Father, just if, if you're right, wherever you're at, if you're like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a crisis right now. I, I am in, a, I'm in a, troubled season. I'm in the midst of a storm. If that's you, just, just right in your living room, wherever you're at, just, if you just raise your hand. And this is not about, obviously, you might be watching this alone. You're like, who am I raising my hand for? You're raising your hand for God. And just saying, God, I just need you to, I just need you to see that I acknowledge that I'm in a situation, I'm in a place that I can't get out of. And that I need your spirit. I need to be led by your spirit. I need to be guided by your spirit. Father, for every person that is raising their hand right now, I pray, Lord, that wherever they are, that your spirit would fall, that they would feel whatever characteristics of yours that they would need, if they need peace right now, if they need hope, if they need joy, man, if they need love. Father, I pray, Lord, that that, that, that would just, just infill wherever they're at. Father, I pray, Lord, that they would know that they're not alone. 
that they're, that they're not journeying in this alone, that you have got them. And Father, I pray, Lord, just right in this moment that they would just feel encouraged and know that, man, when we endure for a night, man, that joy truly does come in the morning. Father, I pray just for this, the, the City Collective family, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to just keep them safe, keep them healthy, continue to be a God that provides. I pray, Lord, that, that, that the City Collective Church will continue just to be a light in a dark place and that people will come to know you because of their love for you. And Father, until we meet again, I pray, Lord, that you would guide and lead us. But most importantly, we would follow in your footsteps. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.